What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, guys? Welcome into Deep Dive Fantasy Football. I'm having a great day so far. I hope that's the case for you guys as well. We are finally getting into this super deep, super sick wide receiver class. This is the best position in this draft class. Although I have to say, pretty good at tight end and pretty, pretty elite at quarterback. It's a good class overall in terms of offensive rookies other than running backs, which we've already talked about. So we're going to get into the receivers. Of course, as always, I got the Draft Network, Sports Reference, PFF, and Pro Football Network as some sources, but I got one other that did a really nice breakdown on Devonta Smith versus Jamar Chase that I added into my arsenal of information, and that is the Cold Hearth the cold hard truth pod on youtube you can check them out if you want and i just want to clarify before we get started the age that i say once again as always is how old the wide receiver will be at the start of the nfl season september 9th and we're going to be going through their best seasons as well i'm going to say the receptions and the receiving yards and then the touchdowns and without further ado wide receiver one there's the debate devonta smith or jamar chase what do you like? Do you want the elite separator that's got some questions at size? Or do you want the elite contested catch receiver who's got some concerns by some people, not me, on separation? Will he be able to separate and make a huge impact in the NFL? Or will he just become an above, slightly above average receiver, but nothing too special? Well, to answer your question, I think he will be very special. So he is my wide receiver one, Jamar Chase, 6-1. And you can't go wrong. If you got Devonta Smith at wide receiver one, no worries. They're both insane. They're both sick, and landing spot could definitely change the order of these guys for fantasy purposes. But Jamar Chase at 6-1, 208 pounds out of LSU, who will be 21 when the season starts, is my wide receiver one. His best season to date was 2019 because he opted out this past season. 84 receptions, 1,780 receiving yards, and 20 touchdowns in only 14 games. My NFL comparison for him is Odell Beckham. But you got to take out a little bit of separation and a little bit of speed. But Odell Beckham was one of the best receivers in the game. So by no means, by no means is that a slight on Jamar Chase. Now let's talk about some things he's really good at. He's great at rack ability, R-A-C, run after catch. Also, yak ability, right, yards after contact. So not only is he great after the catch, but even if he's getting contacted, he's good at fighting through and continuing to give you positive yards on a play. He plays very strong, very tough. He is a contested catch beast. He is the best in the class with contested catches, and he's not even doing it with like a 6'5 size. He's doing it at 6'1", and he's just dominating guys. And that's part of the reason Odell Beckham is my comp for him. I didn't really, I don't like helmet scouting. It's not because Odell Beckham was from LSU. That's not part of it at all. But it's because of the fact that 
you know, Jamar Chase isn't a huge guy. Odell Beckham's not a huge guy, but Jamar Chase is definitely bigger than Odell, but it's about the contested catchability and something else we will talk about later. He's also great with body contortion, right? He keeps cornerbacks off of him very well. He uses his hands very well to do so, and this is part of where the other like similarity to Odell Beckham comes in, and this is something that was pointed out in that comparison that I was telling you about on YouTube that I watched from The Cold Hard Truth. And he was pointing out how Odell Beckham is very good with his hands on corners and keeping the corners off of him despite not being able to be a Jerry Judy level separator. And Jamar Chase can't separate as much as Odell, but he is just as good with those hands. So he can have a cornerback on him within a yard or two yards, but he is never letting that corner get his hands on him, and he is keeping him at arm's length away the entire time so that when the ball does come, it doesn't matter. He's got arm's length distance, and he's catching that ball and bringing it down and moving the chains. So he does that with his hands. It's a great, great trait to have. He high points the ball very well. He shows comeback ability. That's what I like to call it. And another way I like to define this trait is an interception saver if the quarterback throws a low ball he's not watching that ball he is coming back to it whether he has to go through contact or not he is putting his foot in the ground changing direction coming back to the line of scrimmage and saving that ball from being an interception and usually catching it and bringing it down he's got very good field awareness so that's after the catch once he's trying to get extra yardage that goes into his rack and yak abilities he is very good at beating press at the line of scrimmage A lot of times when we see wide receivers that are drafted very high in the NFL draft that bust, it's because that is the problem. Because they are great at certain parts of their game, but all those parts of the game have to come after they get off the line of scrimmage. So a lot of those highly drafted receivers that end up busting out is because they cannot get off the line of scrimmage. They are not good at beating press and against physical, physical guys in the NFL at a much higher level than what they face in college. So he is very good at beating press at the line of scrimmage. So that makes me very confident that he will translate. And he also beat really good cornerbacks in college. The best of the best, J.C. Horn, who will be a first rounder this year or a top of the second. Trayvon Diggs, who was a high guy last year. C.J. Henderson, who was a first rounder last year. A.J. Terrell, who was a first rounder last year. I believe he was the one that they took at 16 the Falcons right in front of CeeDee Lamb. And so we've got evidence of him beating great guys. And he's a very technical route runner. He's very good. So he's not not super bursty, which we'll talk about. He's not like super quick, but he has got the technical side, the small things down on the route running, which really help him. He finds soft spots in the zone. He's got great, reliable hands. And you remember the season I told you, 84 reception, seven. 1,780 receiving yards and 20 touchdowns. He did that at 19 years old. And now he's got a year off. This guy has been so good and he has so much more potential and so much more room to grow. Another reason why he's my wide receiver one. He produced against the best competition in college football as a sophomore. And he probably runs low four fives, so his overall speed is not bad. But let's talk about some things he lacks in. Like I said, he's not the biggest separator. But his hands will make that not an issue. His hands and strength will keep guys away from him with enough distance. And he's very, or he's not very quick, excuse me. His quickness is suffering. And his top speed, it's good. It's good enough. But it's not like if he catches a ball 
on top of a corner or on top of the safety with two yards of separation and 30 yards to the end zone. He's not necessarily taking that to the house, but you can't be good at every single thing, right? So, of course, everyone has knocks. And lastly, he's not a great blocker. So what's my fantasy takeaway for him? I'm more confident in Jamar Chase as a wide receiver for, for fantasy purposes because I trust he will be used as a higher volume player more than Devonta Smith will. Not because he's a more complete receiver, but just because of his build and because of how he wins, right? Devonta Smith, he could easily, and we'll get into him in a second, We could he could easily be a player that a team uses incorrectly, similar to how the Raiders, and I'm not comping him to Ruggs, I'm just giving an example, how the Raiders ruined Henry Ruggs' rookie season. So it's hard to expect anything close to what some of the wide receivers did last year as rookies, so don't come in with that expectation, but Chase has a great shot at putting up a stellar season depending on where he goes, and I think it'll be a good season regardless. Let's just hope that it's not to Philly because Philly could use him, and they're in range to draft him. They have a running quarterback who's not a super accurate passer, and the running quarterback, he runs enough where the volume in the pass game is not going to be super high, and they just added Jalen Hurts, or Jalen Rager, and they have Dallas Goddard, so For fantasy purposes, I would not want him to land in Philly. That would be tough for me to have him as my wide receiver one for fantasy purposes if he lands there, but we'll see what happens. And, you know, aside from the teams that just aren't going to throw the ball much because of a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson's offense or what Jalen Hurts' offense will probably look like, Jamar Chase is basically landing spot proof. Now, wide receiver two, the man himself, Devonta Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, 6'1", 175 pounds out of Alabama. Age will be 22 when the season begins. His best season was this season, of course, when he won the Heisman. 117 receptions, 1,856 receiving yards, and 23 touchdowns in 13 games. My NFL comparison, and don't get this twisted, my NFL comparison for Devonta Smith, right, is Robbie Anderson with ball skills. So here's the thing. My NFL comparisons, I'm just trying to find somebody to give you a visual for the people that aren't doing a lot of deep diving into these guys and watching these guys, I want you to be able to visualize what these guys look like, what these guys would be used as or similar to on the field, how they might play. So I have to try to find an NFL comparison that's not only somewhat accurate, which can be very hard, or I should say and actually, that is somewhat accurate and is a popular enough player that when I comp that person, you guys will know who I'm talking about. You know, I'm not going to go to like the fifth receiver on a depth chart of a team because you guys will have no idea what that means. So Robbie Anderson is the guy I could find closest to Devonta Smith because he's got very similar measurables, right? Robbie Anderson's got two inches on Devonta Smith, but about 10 pounds more. Robbie Anderson is the closest in terms of BMI player in the NFL to Devonta Smith. Plus, he's a really good deep threat like Devonta Smith. That's why I said Robbie Anderson with ball skills because Robbie Anderson's actually a pretty good route runner. He creates a good amount of separation. He just lacks contested catch ability, but Devonta Smith does have that. So that's my NFL comparison. Let's get into his props. He is super quick. He is super explosive. He is super shifty, and he's got a long strike. Kind of weird, and I don't know. It's similar to what I saw with Jerry Judy. I, I comped him not as my NFL comparison, but I like to compare Jerry Judy last offseason a lot to a gazelle, the way he runs. And I kind of see a little bit of that with Devonta Smith too, which is super weird. But he's got a long stride and it gains ground quickly. He is a run-after-catch nightmare. He gets open very easily because of his athleticism and because of his route running. 
He's probably the best route runner in this class. And he creates mad separation because of it. He changes direction super easily. He sinks his hips very well and stops on a dime, which is great for curls. Um, and then, you know, any route that has like a 90 degree angle pretty much. So he's so good at those things. He's also got very good hands. He comes back to the ball. His run blocking downfield, despite his size, is actually very good. And he puts in a lot of effort. And he's not Jamar Chase, but he is good, like I said earlier, on contested catches. He is a deep threat or functions as a possible deep threat. That's not all he is with long speed. He's very graceful. And man, when you watch this guy, Devonta Smith is just beautiful, beautiful to watch. And he's really just, he's graceful, man. Like that's all I can say. That's the best way I can put it. And I really want him to succeed. And not only just because I like the guy and a lot of people want him to succeed, right? But I want to succeed because he kind of connects with me on a personal level. I don't know. Some of you guys follow me on Twitter. Some of you guys might know this about me. And, you know, I've had some personal training conversations with some people in DMs and stuff. So some of you guys might know this. But I'm actually a really skinny dude. (laughs) And I've been a skinny dude my whole life. And I've been struggling, struggling to put on weight. I have to eat so much. I'm talking like 3,000, 3,500 calories and be in the gym six, seven days. And I've been doing that for like three months and I've only been able to add 10 pounds of muscle. You know, I'm a pretty, I'm 5'10", 160 right now. So pretty similar BMI, pretty similar BMI to Devonta Smith. So I know what he's feeling and I know what it's like to try to just have that body, that super fast metabolism. You're obviously an athlete. So because of training, you're going to be burning mad calories and he's got super low body fat percentage. That's the same thing with me. It's part of the struggle for me putting on weight. So He relates to me in that way, and I really want him to succeed, but especially because when I think about myself, if I'm getting hit by a Devin White over the middle of the field, my concerns are big for Devonta Smith, because I wouldn't trust myself to get up from that, and my BMI is the same as his. So let's talk about his knocks, right? His frame, will he hold up? Remember, go back to it, 6'1", 175 pounds. I mean, you just look at the guy. And you're like super tiny waist, super bony legs. If he gets hit the wrong way, you know, and a lot of people like a lot of people like to look at the fact that he's been pretty good avoiding injury. But to me, when I'm watching him, even if you just watch like the the finals or the playoffs in college, when he was getting hit, it looked like he was hurt getting up. And he did get up every time, so you could take the positive light in that. But because we're trying to find Knox in an elite um, elite prospect, you got to, you know, you got to be stingy. And when I look at him, I think if he gets hit by one of those big dudes, he, his career could go right down the drain. So it's something that concerns me. A lot of people like to brush it to the side. I don't blame you either way, but I would rather Jamar Chase cause I think he is safer and has just as much upside. So that's why Jamar Chase is above him for me. And I also saw something which I don't, you know, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a professional personal trainer or anything. It's just something I do on the side with like family and friends because it's just something I find passionate. So I don't know this myself, but I was reading that there is a concern that, and I haven't heard anybody really talk about this, that Devonta Smith might be maxed out weight-wise. A lot of people are saying they're not concerned about his 175 because they think, you know, by the time the NFL hits, he'll get himself up to 185, but he might not. And I think it holds some weight because when I look at myself, it's, I don't know if I could ever get to 185. I don't know if I could ever get to 180 um, without just being fat. And that would be like, you know, when I'm like 35 years old, when my metabolism is shot and stuff like that. So when I'm looking at 
that analysis, it seems like it could hold some weight. And then also, his strength was good in college, Devonta Smith's, but it's not always great. He struggles through contact, and he struggles breaking away from contact. This will be the blueprint if Devonta Smith ends up busting. I'm not saying I think it will be. Obviously, he wouldn't be my wide receiver too if that was the case. I think he'll be okay. But if he does end up being a bust, because every every prospect has that possibility, right? It will be because he cannot break away and break through contact, just like what I was talking about earlier. If he cannot get off the line of scrimmage, if he cannot beat these super physical, super athletic NFL corners off the line, that's going to be the problem. Or, or if in route, if he makes contact with them and they're just bumping him and keeping him, you know, off of his ability to get separation with acceleration and all these things because they're keeping him off balance, then that could also be the way he busts. And you can see some of this in their game versus Georgia. Now, he also gets squeezed to the sidelines and out-muscled at times because of his frame. And like we were just talking about, his frame is not going to get that much better, even if it does get better at all. Lastly, the last concern on a great prospect, don't I, I got to reiterate a great prospect, is that his breakout age was late. Now, you could excuse that because the wide receivers that were in that room, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle. So, you know, that's something that you can excuse, but it's still somewhat of a concern. Now, what's the fantasy takeaway, right? That's what we're here for. Miami would be a really good spot for Devonta Smith. I'm hoping that's where he lands because they need speed. They need separators. You guys have heard me say it over and over and over. Gasicki's great contested catch guy, no separation. And Devontae Parker, great contested catch guy, no separation. Preston Williams, great contested catch guy, no separation. Tua Tagovailoa is a quarterback that lives off hitting his targets, hitting them in stride, trying to be accurate, and letting them do the rest of the work. That's what he did in Alabama. Over, I think, if I remember this stat correctly, over 60% of Tua Tagovailoa's yards, passing yards, was after the reception in college. And he had guys like Devonta Smith, like exactly like Devonta Smith because he played with him, but also like Jerry Judy, like Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, all of these after-the-catch monsters and speedsters. So this will be a perfect spot for him. And obviously, going to play with somebody he had already played with, that would help him as well. So he gets open really quick. He does a lot after the catch. Miami would be a great spot. Right, But outside of Miami, he just needs to go somewhere that will manufacture touches for him. He needs the ball. And let's hope he gets 100-ish targets somewhere around there in year one, because if so, he will be an absolute stud. And then we've got my wide receiver three, Rashad Bateman, 6'1", 210 pounds, Minnesota. So remember, I do all my studies in groups of five, so I have my top five receivers as of right now, but I just took the consensus top five did my research, and then ordered them how I prefer. Now, on the next podcast that releases Friday, I'll have five more receivers, and some of them might jump up in here. So don't think of it as a locked top five, but as of right now, Rashad Bateman is my wide receiver three. His best season to date was from 2019. He opted out. This season didn't finish. 60 receptions, 1,219 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns, and 13 games in 2019. And my NFL comparison for him hits home. Very, very close to home, actually right at home, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is my comparison. Why? Because Rashad Bateman has very good contested ability, contested catches. That's his thing. He's got a very, very good, spectacular catch trait. 
These men are these Minnesota wide receivers, by the way, guys, brother. Brother, let me tell you. Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman's just a bigger, slightly faster Tyler Johnson, honestly. And I almost comped Tyler Johnson to Chris Godwin last year when I was looking at Tyler Johnson. So both of these receivers are very similar. Rashad Bateman's just got way more upside because he's bigger and a little faster. But if you look at Bateman and you look at Tyler Johnson, both of these guys have been making ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous one hand, nasty catches in coverage with a corner draped all over them for that offense. And I mean, just, I don't know what they're feeding their receivers in Minnesota, but that's two really good ones back to back in drafts. And Aside from his spectacular catchability and his contested catchability, he's also very good with ball tracking, and he's a very good route runner. Very good route runner. And that's another reason I comp him to Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin has great hands. Chris Godwin, other than in the playoffs, I don't know what happened. But Chris Godwin has great hands. He makes crazy contested catches, one-handers pretty routinely. And he's a great ball tracker, and he's a great route runner. He's got really good release off the line of scrimmage, just like Rashad Bateman. They both chop their feet well. They both win on routes with technique. Chris Godwin is not an elite athlete. He's a good athlete, but he's not an elite athlete, just like Rashad Bateman. He's not an elite athlete, but he's good enough, and he's got the technique. He's got the small things down on his routes. He's a technician. This will translate well and very fast in the NFL. He could be one of the quickest starters in the receiver class. Remember when I was talking about the running backs, I was talking about how I think Javante Williams, who was my running back three, might have the most productive start to a fantasy season because of what his strengths are and how he will be used. Well, I think Rashad Bateman might have one of the quickest starts at the wide receiver position. He's also got super, super fluid hips. He's very good contorting his body. He's got really good sideline awareness. And like I said, not an elite athlete, but speed is good enough to take passes to the house. Now, what about some knocks? He's very well-rounded, but once again, not to bore you guys, not an elite athlete. He's not crazy with run after catch. He's not going to make people miss. He's not, you know, that super elusive type of player. Plus, so this is where he does not compare to Chris Godwin right here. Dropsies. He's got him. 13 drops on 122 catchable targets. That's a pretty bad ratio, but he's got the crazy catchability upside, right? We see him doing insane thing so if he just improves on his concentration and just cleans that up he will be so so good and he also didn't play much competition of you know any difficulty worth noting so even when they played like two teams with good corners he kind of avoided them he didn't have to line up against them so it's something to you know have as a concern but you could have said the same thing about cd lamb last year and he translated just well to the NFL. So I really think Rashad Bateman is going to start quick. And let's talk about the fantasy takeaways, right? He's a technical savvy route runner, can make crazy contested catches, and is well-rounded. That's why I think he's like Chris Godwin. And Chris Godwin was good in the beginning of his career in the NFL. He just wasn't getting a lot of opportunity. I think Bateman is not going to be drafted in the third round like Chris Godwin was. And there's a lot more hype on the dude. So he's probably going first round. He's probably going to get a lot of opportunity. So while landing spot will, of course, play a role similar to Jamar Chase, I like Bateman regardless because he can produce with bad quarterback play. He already has been doing it in Minnesota. So that's my wide receiver three. We've got two wide receivers to go right after this. What's up, divers? Do you guys enjoy a good workout like me? Well, guess what? I've got the perfect nutrition 
for you, and that is Built Bar. Go check out BuiltBar.com. Guys, I have tried every single flavor to this point. I've got some rankings for you. Here are my top five favorite flavors that are in the 18-pack, their standard rotation, not any holiday or special event items. My favorite is banana bread, followed very closely by coconut. I really like the peanut butter. That is my third favorite. Toffee almond. Ooh, that's a nice one. And cookies and cream. Those are the top five flavors if you guys want to try them out. If you haven't, why not? Why have you not tried these out yet? These are amazing. I have them after every single workout paired with, actually, their vitamin packs that give you 100% of your daily vitamins. Guys, I'm not even eating vegetables and fruits anymore. I don't need to. I'm getting all of my vitamins and then some in a pack that comes out to less than a dollar a day. Are you kidding me? You're spending more than that on fruits and vegetables. Plus, it takes time to eat that. I'm somebody who thinks time is money. So I just like to mix that stuff into my water. Check out Built Bar. Use my code Deep Dive to save 10% off and get the nutrition side of working out added in to the hard work you put in the gym and get max results. Guys, welcome back. Jalen Waddle is my wide receiver four, standing at 5'10", 182 pounds out of Alabama. His best season to date, 2018 in 15 games, 45 receptions, 848 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. Once again, hard to find a NFL comparison for Jalen Waddle like it was for me with Devonta Smith, but I'm going to go with a faster Curtis Samuel with ball skills. So what is he good at? He's got elite speed. He's faster than Devonta Smith. He's got elite speed. He is the best deep threat in the class. He's a good 50-50 contested catcher. He's got a really good vertical, and he's got some hops to go with it. He's very shifty. He's got quick cuts. He's got very good acceleration, very good burst. I think you're getting the mold, and that's why I kind of compared him to Curtis Samuel. Also, similar metrics in terms of height-weight. He's very good at creating separation. He's got really good hands. He's elite in the screen game. Also, another thing that kind of made me think of Curtis Samuel, he's an angle buster. His speed combined with his like little bend on corners and stuff completely torches corners because they think they got the angle and Jalen Waddle says, no, I'm doing something you don't think I can do and I'm doing it faster than you would expect. And he just makes people miss him. And when downfield blockers exist, he uses them very well. I say when they exist because usually Jalen Waddle's getting the ball and everybody on his team is behind him because he's a very good deep threat and he's very fast. But when he's got blockers, he does use them well. He also varies his speed to throw off defenders. This is something I love watching. It's actually something I tried to employ myself after watching wide receivers in my game in basketball. And it's something that you can really trip people up with because if you're running... 90% or 80%. This person that's guarding you gets comfortable. They've got you, right? They're on your tail. They've got you down. They've got you covered. You ain't getting away. And then all of a sudden you hit that other gear that they're not expecting. Whoa, what? You're gone. It's it's too late. And that's how Jalen Waddle gets a lot of people. He varies his speed. Also, you do the slow down, speed up thing. Russell Westbrook does this all the time. He comes up sprinting to the top of the three-point line, slows down, chops his feet. The defender rests back on their heels, and boom, he bursts forward. And he goes like from 80% speed down to 50, and boom, right back up to 95 or 100, right into the paint and slams down the dunk. Jalen Waddle is very much like that. He'll approach somebody fast. He'll slow down. They'll settle thinking he's going to 
come back to the ball, do a curl, do an in-breaking route, something like that. They settle, and then boom, he turns it right back up. So Jalen Waddle's very good at that. I love that. That's something I absolutely adore in him. And he's not scared of hits despite his size. Kind of like Devonta Smith, too, and I don't think I mentioned that earlier. But 5'10", 182 pounds. Some people might be like, eh, you know, he's not that much heavier than Devonta Smith. What's what's the difference? Why is everyone freaking out on Devonta? Well, it's the three-inch difference. Jalen Waddle's three inches shorter. So he's got seven pounds extra, and it's also compact. He, it's in a shorter amount of height. So obviously he's a little thicker, right? But aside from what I've said so far, he's also um, a very good player in multiple places on the field. He's got good utility. He can be used in the slot or on the outside. Now let's talk about some things where he's not so great. He doesn't break tackles when people get their hands on him. So like when they have a good angle, when they do hit him, he's not breaking tackles. He's not like a Jamar Chase. Rashad Bateman's okay at breaking tackles. He's not that great, but Jamar Chase is very good at breaking tackles. And that's not what Jalen Waddle is, but that's not the type of player he is, so it's fine. He's also got some injury concerns, but when he did come back in the championship game, he was fine. He's got future injury concerns because he's got a slim and light frame, and his routes could use some polish, but a lot of speedsters, guys that win with elite speed in college, don't come out with great refined route running skills because that's not what they needed to do in order to win. So I'm not too worried about that either. And lastly, his volume, this is more of a fantasy takeaway. His volume could be limited as a sub 185 pound guy if he doesn't bulk up. If he does not bulk up, it's possible he's not ever going to eclipse 100 targets or 115 targets on a season. My fantasy takeaway for him is that he's a speed demon with good 50-50 contested skills, safe hands, and is very dangerous after the catch. He could be used as a schemable high-volume receiver or, but that's unlikely, and when I say a schemable high-volume receiver, that's talking, you know, the 100-110 range, or as a boom-bust guy for fantasy in the mold of like a Marquise Brown. So, and that's for fantasy purposes, not skill set comparisons, right? He is not Marquise Brown in terms of skill sets. They're different. So, for fantasy purposes, I'll keep an eye on where he lands, but I'm not nearly as excited as the other three guys. And then lastly, we have my wide receiver five. That is Terrace Marshall as of right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he moves down one spot or two. I, I know there's a lot of hyped names that I have not even touched yet. I mean, obviously, I've only touched five guys. We're probably going to hit on like 30 receivers in this class and then some sleepers. But Terrace Marshall, 6'3", 200 pounds, out of LSU, same place as Jamar Chase, which is super weird because, guys, Four of the top five consensus receivers are from two schools. LSU has got two of them. Alabama's got two of them. His best season so far was this season. Only played seven games. But in those seven games, 48 receptions above an average of 100 yards with 731 yards. And then 10 touchdowns. My NFL comparison for him, which I, I like it. I like it. It's Devontae Parker. So the ones that I like the most are the Chris Godwin to Rashad Bateman. The Odell Beckham, just not as quick and not as good at separating for Jamar Chase. And then the Terrace Marshall for, or the Devontae Parker for Terrace Marshall. He's got really good size. Their measurables are almost the exact same between Marshall and Parker. They've both got very big catch radiuses or radii, maybe radii. Terrace Marshall leverages very well. He uses his body. He knows how to do the basketball box out, per se. His catches are really pretty, like just watching him. You know how I said Devonta Smith is graceful? It's the way he catches and then runs, usually what he's doing after he has the ball in his hands. But Terrace Marshall Terrace Marshall, bringing the ball in, which, by the way, everyone says Terrence, and that's so annoying. It's not Terrence. It's Terrace. It's just so pretty when he catches the ball. I don't know how to explain it. 
He's got good breakaway speed. He's very good at contested catches. His size-speed ratio is pretty nice. At 6'3", 200, he's got good speed to pair. He's a good route runner. He's technically refined in that. And he produced also, like Jalen Waddle, in the slot and out wide. So that's some nice utility there. Let's talk about some knocks. He's not quick. He's not elusive. Run after catch and making people miss. Those things are lacking. That's not his game. He's not a he's not a great separator. He's okay. He's okay with separation. But he's more of similar to a Jamar Chase, right? He's got some drops, not too bad. And my fantasy takeaway for Terrace Marshall is that he seems to be a back of the first, top of the second type of wide receiver that can probably be integrated into most offenses. He can go into the slaughter outside, like said earlier. He may have trouble at his current weight because 200 pounds ain't bad, but at 6'3", you might want to add a little bit on there. He's a little lean, and he might have trouble at that size if he doesn't add anything, getting off of physical corners, and he might start slow in the NFL, but for dynasty purposes, that will just make him an easy buy as he develops his technique and fills out his frame. So, Keep this in mind. You're hearing it now. Terrace Marshall, he's probably going to start slow. If he starts slow in the NFL, people are going to get worried about him. Justin Jefferson started really slow. First three or four games, they didn't do anything. And I saw so many people buying Justin Jefferson for nothing compared to what he's valued at now. Terrace Marshall, could you could have the same story. It might even be prolonged. It might be an eight-game, nine-game, ten-game slow start. He might not even do a crazy amount of damage as a rookie and might be a good offseason buy. But for Dynasty, I still really like him. And he could become very good. He's got a lot of upside because of his size. And he's a do-it-all receiver. He's got the speed to pair with the size. So he's got that combo. That's what I got with Terrace Marshall. That's the five. And I'll just give you guys a quick summary with the NFL comparisons just to wrap it up so you can head out here feeling like you got a very good understanding of these receivers. Right? Here are my rankings so far. Jamar Chase is my wide receiver one, with his NFL comparison being Oda Beckham, just take away a little bit of separation and speed. Wide receiver two, Devonta Smith. NFL comparison is Robbie Anderson, just add ball skills, meaning contested catchability. Rashad Bateman is comparable to Chris Godwin for me, and he is my wide receiver three right now. And then we have Jalen Waddle at wide receiver four. NFL comparison for me is a faster Curtis Samuel with ball skills. Once again, contested catchability, being able to box out, win those 50-50 balls, stuff like that. And then lastly, wide receiver five is Terrace Marshall, 6'3". NFL comparison is Devontae Parker. That'll wrap it up, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you have a great day, as my day has been. Have a good one. Peace.